Hi, everybody. I'm Gretchen Selleck, and this is... Hey, I'm Annie Gibbons, and we're with Donuts and Pie Fitness. Thank you for following us. I believe this is going to be our very first interview, so we're so excited if you've gotten this far with us. Put on your seatbelts, because it's going to be a really fun journey. Um, as Gretchen and I have collaborated on Donuts and Pie Fitness, we've really come to understand that aging enthusiastically is not just for you know a few people we the more people we meet the more we understand that aging enthusiastically is really what is driving our age group and it's just really inspiring to get to know people across the country that have different passions and different uh experiences that they're sharing with us and it's all about the enthusiasm and the passion so we're really excited to be with Eileen Powers, who I'm sitting next to right now. Um, I've known Eileen for about 15 years. I think we met first. She came to a running clinic that we were doing. And um, I've known her as a photographer and a commercial artist. And um, then she got this diagnosis. And I'm going to let her take over from there because we want to talk about her project and how she's uh, gotten to where she's at right now. So Eileen, hi. So well, glad you're here with us. So um, about a little over a year ago, I was diagnosed with lymphoma and it's been an odyssey since then. Um, many, many treatments later, um, here I am. I'm still relatively healthy. I still have lymphoma. I've been through nine rounds of chemo and a stem cell transplant, and I will have a CAR T cell treatment at the end of the month. So that's immunotherapy and additional chemotherapy. So it's been a long year and a half for me uh, in terms of my health and trying to uh, establish some sort of normalcy in life. Yeah, that's big. I mean, mm -hmm. I can't imagine. I, right, and I think one of the ways that we do establish normalcy is through our activities. and. When I first um, developed cancer and I had to tell people about it, the first thing people wanna do is they wanna help you in some way. And that's natural. They, people wanna bring you things. They want to give you flowers and cards and food. And as you progress with the illness, you grow with the illness, you grow with your circumstances. So as you change and grow with those circumstances, I think what, I decided was I, I needed help in a, in a different way. And after my second, I think my second chemo treatment, I did begin to lose my hair. And one of the things that happens to us is whether we're young or old, um, middle-aged, 20, whether you're 60, you lose your identity as a woman when you lose your hair. And it took me about six weeks to look in the mirror and to really take a good look and take in what was happening to me and the differences that were happening to my body. And once I did that, I became oddly fascinated with my situation. And I think that that's part of me being an artist is, is that I'm able to look at things different way in, in, in a lot of different ways. And I decided that this was kind of like a blank piece of paper that I could work with. So about a week after that, I started to think about, you know, well, I started putting things on my head. So I started to put stickers on my head. I started to put words on my head and, and I started to photograph that. As a photographer and artist, I was, I was interested in, in working somehow with, with words and type and my head. And, and so in, in the process of doing that, I progressed to thinking that all of these people that wanted to help me and bring me 
food and meatloaf and you know beef stew if i gave them a project um and made them an active participant in what i was doing it would be healthier for all of us it would be healthy for me and it would be healthier for them to have something to do it gave me something to do and it gave us all something else to think about instead of my illness so it gave us something to talk about that put us on an equal footing and i think that's what was really for me um you know illuminating about the project was that you know when people make hair for me and then i i make it and i photograph it you know they are a participant i'm a participant they have conversations about making the hair with their own friends that i'm not involved with <laughs> they sometimes work with their families to make the hair so it's it's beyond me i was the catalyst but it's an activity that other people can do on their own and it just ends up back with me and, and the project's called can you make hair for me make hair for me and it's on instagram and it's on facebook and the website will be ready soon and, and how do you reach out to people how do they find you well i mostly through facebook and instagram people can message me if they're interested in doing it i have a lot of friends who are artists so they were interested in participating right away so i had a lot of close friends who i went to art school with immediately send me hair to work with and as the project progresses has progressed and, and other people see what some of their peers have done. There's a little competition. So some people want to like outdo somebody else who they know made some hair. And then people who might not necessarily consider themselves creative, you know, work maybe with their, their you know, grandchild or something and, and they make something. And that's always really interesting. And some of those are more abstract. And they're all very colorful for the most part. But, you know, there's a wide range of, of different interpretations of this. So um, in these photographs, you use different hair, different style. Who styles you? Who, how do you decide what direction to go with it? Who's taking your photos? How do you get this all together? Right. These so unbelievable photographs that you're hopefully looking so, at so now. So it's sort of a team approach. Um, you know, I'm, I'm the catalyst. So I, you know, I put it out there that I might need some hair. <laughs> and I sometimes will give people an idea of what materials might work because Sometimes the simplest things work the best. And I often will make some of the hair myself just to get people going. So there's a number of them that I've made. And so if somebody will mail me something or they'll leave it on my porch and <laughs> I'll get it and I'll look at it. And sometimes it takes me two to three weeks to figure out what to do with it. Um, on occasion you get something and you just, you don't know what to do with it. So you have to kind of let it sit with you and then it solves itself at some point. Sometimes you put it on your head and it's very different than what you thought it was going to be. We take some test shots. Now I set up the camera. I um, know what shots I want. And then my partner, Tom Ashley will click the shutter. So he is the man behind the camera at this point. But we work together and we consider it a collaborative effort with the photography. I taught him how to use the camera. And, you know, so he takes direction from me about how I want to be shot. Um, then when I have the hair, um, for instance, I have one that I have not posted yet that's made out of cassette tape. And it's just tape. Um, and it's really interesting looking and it photographs really well. 
So I initially had an idea of what would work with that. And so I might go to the thrift store and, and search for a piece of clothing that might work. I like when the people, when the heads become characters. I think they're much more successful when they are. You can really see that in your yeah. photographs. You so, become that person. Some of them are more so than others. Some of them are easier to turn into characters than others. But I do think the more successful ones are, are characters and are something that people can relate to. So I work very hard to try to make them um, into someone. And I like when somebody's sort of doing something or gesturing in a way that we're all familiar with. So I try to find some sort of commonality. There's always, like I did one where, you know, I was in Dunkin' Donuts on Labor Day and this guy behind me was really impatient. And he's hanging out there and, you know, he's like this and he's <laughs> looking in his wallet and he's scratching his face and so I decided to, to do him but we've all seen this person right you know yeah. and so I try to find those kinds of characters that we're all familiar with and and that we've seen out in the mall or on the street or or we might or might be in our families <laughs> <So>. <laughs> or we might have worked for at one point uh, so <laughs> it is amazing when I look at those how like I show them to so many people because I just am I'm a bit obsessed I have to say and so I'll show it to them and we'll keep, keep going through it and they'll say that is no way that that's the same person like that especially when you do your male characters yeah it's like you go from this beautiful glamorous glitzy to this frumpy curmudgeon yeah it's, you transform it's fascinating well what I tried to do is I, I started to do the male characters myself because I wasn't getting male hair and that's a whole nother issue is that we still think women have to have hair. So mm. like the first thing people think of is they send me something long and flowing, but it doesn't necessarily have to be like that. Mm. So I made one out of um, car mats and I, you know, I just put them on the sides of my head and I'll, I'll I'm sure we can, yeah, you'll work see that. that. In, yeah. um, and I decided that that, you know, I knew that person, like I knew that was someone that I had worked for when I was in high school. So I became that person. And I remembered how we used to dance when we worked together and when, you know, <laughs> yeah. and so like I just sort of adopted oh. his posture and, and, you know, in many cases, that's sort of what you're doing. And, it, and it's much easier to do sometimes the male characters than the female. Right. Right. You know, because there's they overly they they just they gesticulate overly. I think sometimes. <laughs> well, they're totally relatable. I mean, they really are. But they're also true art. Your photos are their art, and I know you've exhibited in um, Cape Cod um, at Mass General. You've been interviewed for the News in Boston, and now you have an upcoming. Um, presentation called uh, Artoma, Art the Art of Cancer in yes. Chicago. Yes. And it's uh, June, I mean, January uh, 10th to the 31st. That's January 10th to the 31st. So can you tell us about that? It's so interesting. Yeah. Uh, a friend of mine um, named Richard Zide uh, is a professor at Columbia College of Art in, um, in Chicago. And he and I both developed lymphoma at the same time. And we've been friends went to graduate school forever uh, ago. And so um, we've been friends for a really long time and I found out that he had lymphoma and then I developed it not long after. And so we sort of had a new bond once we both were sick at the same time. And for a while we were getting chemo at the same time on the same day. Wow. What are the chances? <laughs> you know, yeah, so I'd text him, I'm like, how's yours going? And, you know, mm. and I'd send him a picture of me having chemo. Um, 
And so luckily, luckily for Richard, he's in remission and they were able to, um, you know, get his under control, but, but mine has gone on. So mine has come back a couple of times since then. So in, you know, in our relationship, you know, we're artists, we're graphic designers, uh, I think, and Richard really wanted to, had this idea where he really wanted to bring together people who like cancer and, and their artwork. Because in his life, he was finding it, there were a lot of people and they did different kinds of artwork. So it was all his brainchild and I was invited to participate with the four other artists and that includes Richard because he, he's a potter. So, and, and he'll have his work there too. So it's all different, it's fiber, artist, sculpture, everything. So I really want to push that. I really want a lot of people to know about that exhibit and really want to get a lot of people there. So we'll, we'll definitely be posting on that and try to get that out nationally. But it makes me think that, I mean, I have known you a long time and you're not a person that puts yourself way out there. And you're gonna to be touching a lot of people. A lot of people are gonna be seeing this and you're gonna affect them. And how does that make you feel? I mean, is- Well, you know, since this has happened, you know, I, I um, initially, you know, I'm a portrait photographer. So I would definitely be the person behind the camera mm. shooting the person in front of me. And I would shoot strangers. I like to go up to people I don't know and see if I can get a portrait of them. Um, you know, that's sort of my, my art form. But when this happened um, to me and, and I started to lose my hair and I started to go through chemo and things like that, I realized that I now was the subject of what was happening. So I had to be the face of what I was going through. I initially thought that other people could wear the heads, but I quickly realized that I had to be the face of, mm. of this. And it was more sincere and honest for me to do it that way. So I think that going from behind the camera to in front of the camera was, was an adjustment, but it was the right thing to do at that time, at this, and still is this time, mm -hmm. you know, and it still works for me. Is there a place that you would love to have your pictures exhibited? Is there anything in your head that you're thinking, I'd love to be there? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, you know, I'd love to be at the Museum of Modern Art, but, yeah. you know, I don't know if that would ever happen. But I, I would, I, I do have a, an idea that I'd like the artwork to be in cancer centers across the country and internationally. I, I think people and caregivers who are familiar with what's happening and the changes that someone with cancer goes through appreciate the work on a different level than people who might not be in the midst of it. I think people in the midst of it appreciate it for different reasons. And I think the people that have cancer appreciate it because they realize how difficult it is to come to terms with the changes in your body. Yeah. Do you have any one photograph that you you prefer? Not necessarily like I probably like your children. You can't pick one, but is there one that really stands out to you? Well, it's hard to pick. Like I I sort of separate them into characters, and like I said, some of them I do, and some of them, many of them, other people do. And I think out of the ones that um, people have done for me, one of the the first ones that I got in was from a friend of mine that I also went to graduate school with. He sent me two, my friend Steve. Um, he sent me a very tall hat-like um, construction that was made out of pipe insulation. And, and that's one of my favorites because it looks so mod. It just has a 60s <laughs> look to it. And then he also sent me one made out of orange, um, 
that's all orange and it sort of, you know, strings, of, it's a, you know, strings of plastic. I don't know where he got this orange. That's one of my favorite ones. And, and I love that one because it's sculptural. And I think that, you know, everyone does it a different way. And his were very sculptural. And I, and I liked that about them. And they photographed beautifully. And, and with the one that was orange, I could throw it and we could make different patterns with it, it with the shadow on the wall. So I could throw it up and put my heart, arm down really quickly. And, and it was really interesting. It was like a live. And I, I like when they, when they have movement to them. And not only that, I think that, you know, people have, they, people have different ways of solving this problem. And, I, and, and that's what creativity is. It's solving a problem. And I think that I really liked the way he went about trying to solve it. It was different from anyone else's. Mm -hmm. But then I, I could say that about just about all of them. You know, people have different ways. And there are ones that I've not posted yet that I think are, are really outstanding. So, you know, I have a, like five to come that I think are, are mm. really going to be interesting if I can figure out what to wear. We'll make sure that, you know, everybody, our, our viewers have the opportunity to find your website and your Instagram and learn more about the, um, the Artoma um, presentation. So I want to know, um, and we ask everybody this, um, what is your prescription for, um, living and aging enthusiastically? I think that you, you have to um, think about, you know, aging and you have to think about your body. Um, I, I think about those things separately, okay? I don't, I don't think about my age. Sometimes people ask me how old I am and I have no idea and I have to think about it. And I think that's part of it because I'm a person that likes to do things. I'm very active. You know, I've always been artistic and doing, making things. And I think that has broadened my scope and made me think about things very differently. I think as, as people, it's very easy for us to get stuck in conventions and listen to what other people say and think we need to do this, we need to do that, right? But once you free yourself of that, your brain does amazing things. Your brain can think of great things if you let it. If you stop telling yourself, no, I can't do that, or somebody says that's not the way to do it. There are so many different ways to do things. And I think that's how we should use our minds, figuring out different ways to do things. And, and through that, I feel like I don't, age is sort of irrelevant to me. I'm aging, maybe I'm, you know, but I don't think about it. You know, I, I feel like I can relate to anyone because I am very open to listening to what people have to say and I want to hear their stories. And that's a lot, it, it has a lot to do with getting out of yourself mm -hmm. and, and, and understanding others. Right, and you're so mindful. Yeah, and you know, that really goes along with um, a, a theme that other people have talked about and it's get out of the box. Don't do anything the same that you've ever done it. Just yeah. get uncomfortable because it's the yeah. only way to get I would say that that's very true. Yeah. I, I would say that if the idea makes you uncomfortable, it's probably a good idea. <laughs> that's and great. Yeah, and, I and, yeah, I think so. And if it scares you, if something scares you, well, you know what? It probably is a good idea because it means you're putting yourself out there if it's scaring you. And this frightened the, you know, frightened me like you wouldn't believe. I didn't, I don't, I didn't want to be the subject of, of all of these pictures. Now we've got 50 plus, you know, I didn't want that. But again, you know, it was appropriate for what I was doing. 
And I got over the fear because I felt that I was helping more people and I got out of myself. It's not all about me. That's wonderful. You're, you're definitely making a difference. I, I hope so. so. I hope so. A lot of people have seen them up at Mass General and I get feedback. So I'm, I'm glad that, they're, that they find them amusing. Because I just want to bring some joy and levity to people who are, are going through chemotherapy. And if it does more than that, then that's just gravy. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Uh, well, so thank you so much for sure. spending this time with us and, and sharing your journey. It's, it's one that uh, I'm in awe of, and I know a lot of other people are. Um, Gretchen, go ahead and close her up. Okay, I'm going to close it up, and um, thanks so much. Oh, thank you. This episode was brought to you by Gretchen Zellick and Annie Gibbons. If you'd like to find out more, make sure to follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Donuts and Pie Fitness and on our YouTube channel, where you can find more interviews like the one you just heard. Both of those links are available in the description. Don't forget to check out our website at DonutsAndPieFitness.com. You can find Eileen Powers at her website, www.CanYouMakeHairForMe.com, or on Instagram at CanYouMakeHair, or Facebook at CanYouMakeHairForMe. All linked below.